just like that, we're back for a brand new episode The Late Round Flyers, my boy Henry Lance, the only one that you can find around And myself, RDA We are the Late Round Flyers Here to talk all things fantasy football That's right, Our fellow gyms out there You guys are your own GMs And you come to us because we got your back, alright We're like the guys from, uh What's those old school, uh, those gangster movies Where the guy goes to the, he goes like I got you while you come on my my daughter's wedding or whatever. Anyway, you come the Godfather. Okay, we're like the Godfathers of fantasy football. Okay, you come to answer. We get we got your answers. Okay, you got questions. We got you. But nevertheless, all right. If you don't believe us, stick around because in the next about two three minutes, we're about to explain to you that we do not lie to you, right? So, boys, talk to us. Talk to the world. These listeners that want to know what guys did you hit on? What did you miss on? These people got to know how much they can trust you and how much they should probably just go into our DMs, which you can find at Late Round Flyers on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you go follow, and they can yell at us there. So either way, regardless, you guys just let us know what you guys think. Until then, boys, talk to me. What you guys got of this week? And Lance, I'm going to jump out there and just say, if we're going to stick with the Godfather, then I'm going to tell you, I woke up with a horse head in my bed this week because oh. this this weekend was terrible, man. Um, I had one hit, and I don't even know. Lance convinced me that it was a hit. I think I was just talking about Alan Lazard. I think he felt bad for me. So he said, hey, you got a hit right there. So <laughs> Alan Lazard was my guy. Man, I missed on so much, Lance. A.J. Green, Mike Davis, and obviously Zeke to you. Um, it, was, it was a bad week for me, man. I lost every single week in fantasy on all my teams and just didn't pick anything. So I will own it this week. I did a lot more research. I'm telling you, I'm doubling down and I'm coming back hard. Okay, okay. So, uh yeah, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Basically, that was Ezekiel Elliott not being a top 10 running back. How you like that? Was that pretty good? I've Epic. seen The Godfather once. Yeah. I've uh, seen highlights. I should not bad, the show just for that. I thought you were going to come out with saying hello to my little friend. But oh, that's, oh, Scarface. that's Scarface. That's Scarface. <laughs> but that's I basically good. did with my picks this week as far as my hits because let's see here. Let me run down my list here. I hit Ezekiel Elliott not being a top 10. I hit Darren Waller, who finished outside the top 25. I hit Robert Tanyan, who was the number four tight end for the week from Green Bay. Now, on the other side of it, I I did have a couple of misses. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I said, you know, don't trust him. Don't play him. Ironically enough, that was a – he – he did what Traquan did the week before. So they basically reversed roles, it seemed like. So I missed there. Mike Gesicki, I really thought he was going to have a, a bigger game. Game flow didn't really uh, prevent that because Miami's defense was really just on par against Jacksonville. So they didn't really have to throw the ball as much. So I think, um, you know, I take the loss on Gesicki. Although in the league, I, I did play him over Waller. Um, I He outscored him by seven, but... Um, I ended up going against the guy with the highest point total in the league. So I put up the second most points because I had Mahomes. Oh. Um, and I still lost by 30. Isn't that like the worst? Like That's the worst. To me, that's yeah. the most annoying thing is you put up the second most points in your league and you still lose. Like, oh, like kill me twice already. Seriously. Oh, my God. It's the worst. Oh my! I, of all the things, that, it happens to me so many times. And, I mean, obviously, I'm a pretty good player to be able to get the second one. But – for some reason, I think I, last season I had a streaker that went like six weeks, right? Consistently played the highest scoring team ever. It was just a stupid curse that never let me through. Hey, Lance, I want to know how that Hollywood Brown work out for you this week. 
Oh. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that one. You know, I actually thought after AJ Green's game Sunday, when I yeah. hit like I think thirty six yards, I thought, man, Marquis should take it again for me. And um, you know, he's actually he's won me these little board bets except for this week. But overall, he hasn't scored a touchdown. And that offense after Monday night, it's a little worrisome. Although I think they were exposed. They were exposed. I think they were exposed. Well, what was the, the the record? I think I saw this on ESPN somewhere that Lamar Jackson is, I believe, oh. like around twenty-one. What what what? Oh, and five. Whenever he's down by ten or more points at halftime. Yeah, but oh, I think oh. he's twenty-one and one against every team not called the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Yeah, and zero and three against the Chiefs. Now that's pretty. That's pretty insane. Um, so you know he's gonna have to get over that hump and. You know, obviously we can see it's hard for them to come back when they're not leading. It's, it's hard, especially against a team like Kansas City. But mm-hmm. I do think, though, next uh, – we'll get into this more, but I do think Sunday sure. that offense is going to blow up and they're going to take their, their revenge um, on um, Washington. Nice. Uh, real quick, uh, sticking with the Lamar Jackson train over here, one thing that Henry was very vocal about was Lamar Jackson not being the quarterback that everyone thought so – this was a great game where it was, hey, you know what? Lamar Jackson, yes, still a great quarterback, but maybe just not what to that level that he was last season. Now there's more tape on him, which brings me to the question. After watching what the Kansas City Chiefs did to those guys, people now have a reference point on where to go to. They can watch that game. They can watch the Titans game from the playoffs where they just completely eliminated Lamar Jackson, who had less than 100 passing yards as a quarterback. It was ridiculous. I get all the running back jokes, but how do you see the rest of his season faring off? Is he still the elite quarterback that you stick with no matter what? Or is he now a guy that you think about maybe twice? You're like, you know what? There's a better matchup with X player. Maybe I should bench Lamar Jackson. I could tell you, if anybody in your league is considering benching or trading Lamar Jackson, I, I would I would take him in a heartbeat. There, That's ridiculous. It's out of out of this world to even think that. Now, I, do, I will tell you, I do still think he's going to finish out of the top 10 because – I do think the team was a little bit exposed. And me and running quarterbacks like that, I just I struggle with it in the NFL because they're going to wear down or he's going to get hurt. Those are two big concerns. Right now, me and Lance were talking about this earlier. I mean, Lamar Jackson is ranked 14th among all quarterbacks right now going into this week. He's definitely going to bounce back this week. He's definitely going to be a must start. He's not ever going to fall out of the top 20 running back, uh, quarterbacks. excuse me. But there's some major concern for where you drafted him and maybe for your expectations for him because the quarterback uh, it, it's so deep that position that you could, you could have gone out there and got somebody else and really got a prime running back or receiver in his place. And so there's going to be some, some concerns there. What is, I think he's dealing with an injury too. I don't know if it's his groin or hamstring. He's hampered up a little bit with something. And I think that's limited him. Um, and then if teams figure out they can get up on them early, if you get up on Baltimore early, throws their entire game off. And if I'm a dude sitting at home, Coming up with this game plan, you know that those coaches who are getting paid millions of dollars know exactly what they need to do to shut this guy down. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's a good it's a good point, but I would say this was Lamar's worst game of the year. How many offenses are going to be able to jump out the way the Chiefs did? You know, I mean, last year they they had a full season last year to get a blueprint on him, and it didn't really work except for what the Titans did. And then, of course, the Chiefs kind of duplicated that. But I don't think there's too many teams that are going to be able to hold them in check the way they are. Like I said, this was the worst game we're going to see from him all year. I still think he finished. Steelers. I think the Steelers could put up could, – could, could hold him down a little bit. And that's twice a season. On the road. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, there's, there's some, there's, that's a fair point. I do think though, when we're looking at Lamar as a fantasy asset, I think he still finishes as top four, top three, because just because of the running, just because of the running, yeah. you get a lot of value there. Um, Mark Ingram though, I really don't think you can uh, mm. trust him for the rest of the year. Of course, I'm sorry. We're kind of jumping off topic. Um, we're talking about Lamar, um, but Looking at another guy, uh, Henry, what do you think about uh, Kenyon Drake? Um, you know, he hasn't really lived up yet to the hype with where he was being drafted. What is your take on him? Man, I tell you, you probably drafted that guy as thinking he was going to be a top 10 this year. And right now, I think he's sitting at, what, running back 24 overall. So he's not sitting too hot. Um I, I think he'll probably rebound. Um, he's one of 11 backs that have at least 15 touches in every single game this season. Uh, Drake has also been a lot more efficient than Edmonds. And I know Edmonds was somebody everybody drafted because they wanted his backup just in case he gets hurt. But Drake seems to be the guy that can carry the ball and make it happen. So I still think that he, he's going he's gonna to jump out and he's going to have some good games coming up. I, I think he's going to finish top 12 in his position. I don't know if he's going to be that top guy that you thought he was. But um, I do think he's going to rebound and come back strong. What about what do you think, Lance? Yeah, I, I do. Th- I do too. I'll actually go ahead and tell you my fantasy made for this week. I was going to save this till the end, but I think it's Kenyon Drake for Sunday. It's huh. it's a prime matchup. Carolina is like terrible at their run defense. He's due. So I think right now, actually, with Kenyon Drake. Try to get him in your league. You can probably buy low just a little bit. Get him before Sunday because I think come Monday, the price is going to go way up and you're going to feel terrible that you missed out. So I know that's what I'm trying to do. If you can find someone, um, you're going to do that too, Henry? Now, what I was going to tell you, man, is not only the Panthers, but you got the Jets and the Cowboys coming up as well. So um, he's got some really good stretch of games coming up over the next three weeks that's going to set you up for some nice fantasy points. I was actually, what, what, what other uh, surprises do you guys see out there? Obviously, you just talked about Kenyon Drake, but, I mean, there's been a couple other guys that have been shocking the world. Uh, for example, the running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Miss, uh, the undrafted free agent. You know, he's guy's been killing it. I believe his name is James Robinson. This guy's just been electric. Uh, not, obviously, turning into wins on the field, but fantasy football reasons. Is this a guy that you start every week or what? Well, he's definitely turning into wins for your fantasy football team because I tell you what, I got him in one of my redraft leagues, uh, like probably the 14th round. I played him in my second flex and I dominated this week. Now I had some other good guys to put in there, but Robinson, man, he really has come out of the gates, like playing, like he knew, you know, he's like, Ozigbo's out on COVID, um, you know, Raquel Armstead is out for COVID. This is my opportunity. And I tell you, I'm so mad, like in all my dynasty leagues, I missed out on this guy. I actually went Ozigbo, and now I'm really kicking myself because this guy, I think for definitely this year, obviously he's a top 10 uh, running back. He's ranked fifth right now, and he's getting the opportunity. And he seems to work really well with um, – with Minshew and let's be honest when when those other running backs come back if they do come back I think he's already lost the job and it does also seem like Chris Thompson another name we liked in Jacksonville early on for at least PPRs they're only throwing him the ball when the Jaguars are out of the game and it's late late in the game at least that's what happened last week so Robinson is a guy that I think you know just hold on to him because he definitely can can get you further Henry, what are your thoughts on this? 
Man, one thing about James Robinson, and we'll move on. I just want to say one thing is that there's something special about a guy that he didn't even realize he was going to start, but he was ready for that opportunity. And mm-hmm. so you can tell, man, that's a star. That's a stud right there. And he got it. And like you said, he grabbed it and ran with it. And he has not looked back. And anybody that comes back from injury or COVID or whatever else is going on over there, they're going to be sitting on the bench or they're going to be backing him up. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. No, a guy with that much heart out there, like you say, he's ready to play. That guy is not someone that you go in there and you push around and you try to take back your job. He's going to make you earn every single bit of that. Another guy that did exactly that is a guy in uh, Green Bay, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, double-check man himself. He throws the ball away from the dog like six miles away, if if you've seen that commercial. I mean, that poor dog, that sucks for him. But Aaron Rodgers has been killing (laughs) it. If if you guys watch uh, the Pat McAfee show, he went on there and had an interview where he says that uh, he's having a a great year because during the offseason, he got a better uh, understanding of himself he just had a deeper appreciation for little things in life and stuff like that. And, I mean, he's just been absolutely ripping it. So Aaron Rodgers was someone that Lance had sold everyone and so did Henry. Aaron Rodgers is someone that you could have gotten the draft later on down the road, maybe like in rounds 9 through 12, because he was falling for some reason. But now he's out there killing it. What do you guys think about that stupid season that Aaron Rodgers is up and starting so far? Okay, let's – Let's say this, okay? The little quote he gave to Pat McAfee about enjoying the precious things in life, whatever, okay? That could have, uh, <laughs> that, 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 he could have said that anytime. Let's be real here, okay? The reason he's doing as well as he is is because he was now motivated. They took a first round pick on a quarterback that he probably won't be ready in two, three, four years, but they took him when they could have taken one of these wide receivers um, that were available. They could have taken some other offensive line help or something else. And no, they took, not only that, if I remember right, they traded up, they traded up to get love. So not only did they take him, they gave up capital to move up to get this guy. So I think everything that Aaron Rodgers is doing right now is solely because They pissed him off with what they did, plain and simple. And I will say the other thing, too, is these other weapons, other than Adams, have been stepping up. Mm -hmm. Your Lazard, your Valdez Scantling, your Robert Tanyans, these guys now – are seem to seem to be on the same page with Rodgers. And now it's not just Adams handling the workload. So I tell you, if you got Rodgers in one of these late, late drafts, you're sitting pretty right now, man, because this guy doesn't seem like he's going to stop. Oh no, not at all. Not one bit. Henry, what you got? No, I was going to say, you know, another guy flipping two over the wide receivers, man, Robbie Anderson, this is another guy. I drafted him. I have him on my team and I am pleasantly surprised. This guy has stepped up and, it seems like more more than not, he's the, the main guy there in Carolina. I can tell you last week he had like 10 or 11 targets, and he was the guy that whenever it was time, they threw the ball to him. And one other thing, too, is that he catches everything they throw to him, whether mm-hmm. it's short or deep or whatever goes on. He has like 100% catch rate. And then DJ Moore was not even put into the game plan until the second half of that game last week. Lance, what's the reason, man, that Robbie Anderson is, is really blown up so far? He just really seems to have a good connection with Bridgewater. I tell you, you hit on DJ Moore, though. This guy was being drafted in that uh, third, fourth round as your second wide receiver, maybe even your top wide receiver if you went running back, running back. Um, You liked this guy, didn't you? Moore was a good guy. Yeah, I did like him just because of the the target usage. You know, Bridgewater likes those short – uh, those receivers that run those short routes, look at like what he did with Michael Thomas when he filled in with the Saints last year. I thought Moore would have the exact same role and he would just get peppered with targets. 
That has not been the case. Morris been hit or miss. I'm really hoping there are better days ahead for him because the value on him is really down. I do think, though, in the next month or so, things are going to even out a little more. But I tell you, Robbie has impressed because when they signed him, I thought that was the weirdest signing. It didn't really make any sense because they also have, you know, Curtis Samuel there. And Ian Thomas was supposed to have a good year this year, and he has been just a hot mess. But, you know, I think if you have more, though, you want to just – I would hold on to him because whatever you trade him for, you're not going to get the value, and he's bound to, to, to bounce back. So I, I would, you know, hold on him and let's see what happens. But Robbie, man, he's, he seems to be the, the real deal, especially for where you drafted him, you're getting your value. Oh, no, it, it's been phenomenal. If you, if you took him more than likely, like you said, you got him in the later rounds – New quarterback, new receiver, meet up in a brand new team. Both of them are looking for a fresh start. So it's been a good connection that Teddy Bridgewater to a Anderson connection. And, you know, they've been hitting on deep balls. It's been working out for them. So now let's get through the rest of the games that are going on in the NFL because everyone listening, obviously they have players from all teams across the league. And now they want to know, what do I start? Who do I bench? What is going to happen on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, depending on how the rest of this works out. So we'll continue on and we'll kick things off out the gate. Brand new, uh, risen, Mr. Dalvin Cook. He wakes up from the dead. He comes out and just has a remarkable game out there. The Vikings take on the Houston Texans. And Deshaun Watson, obviously, starting off 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, facing that tough defense in Pittsburgh. Maybe he's in for a killer redemption game against these guys, but Lance, what do you predict that's going to happen here? Because the Vikings, they look rejuvenated. Texans, they look pretty pissed off. Yeah, you definitely got two desperate teams, both sitting at 0-3, needing to get that first win. Portishon Watson, man, I, you know, he had the worst starting schedule of any quarterback with these defenses he's had to mm-hmm. face. He loses his best weapon with Hopkins, and now you know, finally, the tide's turning for the Texans, man. Oh, yeah. I think if you, you own your Texans, they, the, you, you, it's it's going to be go time. You look at Minnesota, they are the fourth worst defense against fantasy, for, against wide receivers for fantasy. Terrible. So I think, you look at what Cobb did last week, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. Fuller seems to be back. I think maybe that was a fluke game that, that, that week he only had, he had no catches. Um, because now schedule gets easier. So I think, you know, the only one that really still kind of worries me is Cooks. Um, I, I might not say he's an automatic start, but Cobbs, I think you put in your flex. Fuller, he's a, he's a, he's a wide receiver too right now, especially Sunday. And, and then you look at the, uh, you know, what Davin Cook did, 181 yards rushing, one touchdown. Uh, Houston is in the top five in most fantasy points allowed to running backs. Mm-hmm. So I think Cook is also a guy that you want to look at. Um, it's one of those things that I, I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. Mm-hmm. And I know Henry was really high on Justin Jefferson as well. And so I think he's going to have another great game. So, uh, you know, it should be it should be fun to watch. Man, Jefferson, he went off last week, didn't he? 175 yards and a touchdown? But I, honestly, I wouldn't be fooled, man. I don't know if I'd be starting them this week because the Texans, their defense has been really tough on receivers that have lined up now on the outside. They've only allowed 66.3 yards a game, and that's the seventh lowest fantasy points across the league to that position. So 
the Vikings offense is also dead last in time of possession and offensive plays per game. So those are some things, man, you really want to consider if you're going to so, start anybody on the Vikings. So the Justin Jefferson train, are you guys down on board? Like, is that someone that you're going out there and rushing to pick up on the waiver? Or is this guy that just, you know, you're like, ah, oh, let's see how it plays out. And until then, that's not someone that you're going to trust out there to start. I, I think you do try to grab him on your waiver wire. I mean, yeah, he was quiet those first couple of games, but Cousins was also terrible. So if Cousins has woken up, and if we remember last year, he did this same stunt. You know, he was terrible early, and then he picked it up. So, yeah, so I think Jefferson is someone. He's number one probably on my waiver wire picks this week. I would definitely try to get him and uh, – if you were trying to trade for him, I think your window's passed. Oh, very, very much so. Uh, uh, real quick, all right, let's go to the next one because, I mean, obviously that game is going to be an explosion because of how bad the defense are. Uh, the next one, though, I'm talking about a very high-powered offense. In the actual NFL, they've been doing horribly against closing out games. The Cowboys stomped them out in a the game they should have won. The Bears with a miraculous comeback because their quarterback is from Texas with Nick Foles. But I'm talking about none other than the Atlanta Falcons. Julio Jones, he missed the last game, had an injury, caused him to miss that one. And uh, now it looks like the Falcons are going to be taking an Aaron Rodgers, discount double chuck man himself. How do you guys see this playing out? Because obviously, this one looks like it could rain points for everybody that starts. Man, this is going to be an exciting game, man. Aaron Rodgers, QB4 this week. I got him ranked really high. I think he's going to put up a lot of points. Alan Lazard, we, you know, we kind of talked about him, him going off last week against New Orleans for 146 yards. Lazard has been great in two of the three games this season. I look for him to continue that role. Whether Devontae Adams is in this game or not, I think that the Falcons defense is so terrible at stopping any receiver that's out there. I see, you know, uh, I see them going off. I see Marquez Valdez scandaling, scantling, excuse me. He should be considered a sleeper this week, but I still think he's gonna put up good numbers. I think the Packers could very well have three receivers if Devontae Adams plays that go off and get you uh, well enough to win you a fantasy uh, game this week. Another, hey, look at on the, yeah. Would, would you uh, even pick up Sterling Sharp out of retirement and play him against this defense? I would, man. Him and his broken neck, I think that they would, <laughs> would do really well this week. <laughs> Anybody, I'd go out there and probably put up 100 yards. But um, on the Falcons side of the ball, though, I wanted to see, man, what are your thoughts with Todd Gurley? Because he's, yeah, it looks like Brian Hill is outplaying this guy. He's already getting 34% of the snaps, and I just see that increasing. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, there's serious concern. I have him on one of all of my 35 teams, and it's my one dynasty team that actually I've got the most money invested in. And when I drafted him, I was like, I, I literally like needed help at running back. I'd push, push, push. And I just, I had to take him. And now I'm dealing with the repercussions of having to figure out what to do. He saved us with the touchdown last Sunday, but you're right. Brian Hill has looked like the better running back. Gurley too, they're not targeting him like some of these experts said in the off, the off season. I did not like him. He was not one of my picks. Now, Brian Hill last year, when given an opportunity, um, he didn't do much. He was a hot waiver wire pickup, had like one good week, and then he was terrible. I remember that because I picked him up thinking I would get help, and then I play him, and then I lost, you know, any games that I played him in. But, yeah, I think it's something to monitor right now. If you have Gurley coming off the game Sunday, um, 
Try to trade him. Get something for him. I want out of the Todd Gurley business. I didn't want to be in it to begin with, but in my 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 one league I have him in, I think it's going to be tough to move him just because it's dynasty and uh, no one is going to want him. But if you're in redraft, maybe you can take advantage of an owner that sees what he did and you can flip him. But otherwise, try to maybe get Brian Hill because at some point, if you slowly see those carries continue to change and Gurley is getting less and then Hill overtakes him, you can kind of hedge your bet a little bit. Hey, another guy too to look out for this game is Hayden Hurst. I know that's uh, RDA's uh, man crush over there, but he's primed to have a big game. It's gonna be a shootout. So many injuries in the wide receiver section of the Atlanta Falcons. Hayden Hurst should get plenty of touches and get you some uh, solid points there at tight end. Two touchdowns in three weeks, I'm not complaining. I would say, too, this is the Monday night game. So we've got Julio Jones and Russell Gage are both uh, have injury concerns. So Mm. they could both even be game time decisions. So make sure and keep an eye out for that. But if they are both out, here's a guy to look out for. Olamide Zacchaeus. He could be their number two receiver Monday night in a shootout. He had four catches for 41 yards last week. So that could be a guy, maybe if you have like Russell Gage, which maybe you don't actually have him that you're wanting to play him. But if you have Julio um, and you can't get Gage because somebody else has him, then I would take Zacchaeus because then you could just plug him in and play Julio if he plays. And if he doesn't, you're still covered for the Monday night game and you could still have value uh, with, with this Olamide guy. Yeah, no, being covered and stuff like that, that always is a big help. Uh, one random piece of advice for everybody: If you have anyone playing in on on a Thursday night game or or the, on the noon games, like but you have players that play later, put those people that are on your flex, put them as a either receiver or a running back. That should help you out, and it'll leave your flex spot open for you to be able to play multiple positions instead of just one and locking into that. So, just just some random piece of advice to help you guys out. But anyways, let's keep things moving along. Let's get to another game where. Bad defenses are just raining all across the place. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys. There are times these guys make me wonder why I cheer for them. After getting wrecked by Russell Wilson with those five touchdowns, Tyler Lockett looking like an absolute beast out there against them. Their secondary is destroyed against Dallas. Everyone's hurt or just not very good. They'll be playing with the Brownies here in Arlington, all right? So Baker Mayfield comes back home. Miles Garrett literally comes back home because he's an Arlington kid. So. Love this game. Odell Beckham knows this division. He's played at the stadium, so that won't be brand new to him. But what do you guys see happening? Because they have two pretty good receivers over there with the Browns, and their running attack is just absolutely phenomenal. Whereas the Cowboys have three receivers that you don't know who you're going to be able to trust because, like Henry said and now Lance said, Michael Gallup, ridiculous great game. Should you sell high? Should you keep him? Boys, let me know. So both of these defenses, as you stated, are are not very good right now. They are both in the top six for fantasy points allowed for the quarterback position and the running back position, and they're top 10 in tight end points allowed. So I think Dak, obviously you're starting. Baker, I gotta see it, man. I'm sorry. You know, I I thought at the beginning of the season he might have been better, but I'm not even gonna trust him in this matchup Sunday. There's there's other guys like Fitzpatrick, Minshew, other guys that I would rather have to play over Baker. But you're going to play your Chubbs, you're going to play your Hunts. Um, on the Cowboy side of things, in case you were thinking about picking up Cedric Wilson, don't, don't. That was a fluke game. 
you know, that's not going to probably happen again. I didn't even know who this guy was, but I'm pretty confident in stating that. Yeah, but I, I do uh, I do think, you know, Dalton Schultz should, could have a good game. Now, looking at these receivers, Henry, looking at both sides of the ball, Beckham, Gallup, Lamb, you know, do you see them? Uh, who do you think out of all of those receivers, who, has, who do you think has the best game? Not a board bet or anything, but just in general, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, I think, that Jarvis Landry. Uh, the reason for that is, I think Jarvis Landry is, okay, when you look back at his stats and what he, where he was last year, before this year, he was getting nine targets per game, and he was, he was, he was killing it. He was doing really well last year, but it's because he was getting that target production. I think this game is going to set Landry up to get that target production because the Cowboys' defense is so terrible. So I think you see Landry slide up in there and get some catches and get some opportunities, and he's going to run with that slot and come across the middle where we know the Dallas Cowboys linebackers are not the best this season. And so you will definitely see him coming across and grabbing some of those. On the flip side, man, Michael Gallup, I'm going to answer RDA's question. I think you you sell, but I do think that Michael Gallup is going to have a good game this week. So I would take Michael Gallup and Jarvis Landry as the two guys on both sides of the ball. They're going to have a good week. Nice. I, I fully agree with that. And I'll be honest, but the only thing I would change, I think Odell's going to be the guy to have the big game. Landry's obviously, he'll be he'll, he'll be a reception machine. I think he ends up with maybe eight more receptions than what Odell will end up with, which is saying a lot because I think they're, they're just going to rally. Dallas defense is terrible. But I think Odell will have a better day because all he needs is two catches that each is about 25 yards, and he can break those. The safeties for Dallas are terrible. There's no way to get loose around there. And Odell has the speed, and if Baker just takes a couple of those shots, I think it'll be the Odell, which sadly we've known him for making that catch, which he made at AT&T Stadium on a Sunday night with the New York Giants. So, Lance, what about you? Well, I would just on the Odell Beckham topic, if he can't do it Sunday against this defense, he ain't going to do it. And I'm slowly now, a year and a half later, realizing that the Beckham from the Giants – He's gone and dead, man. And I think it died with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, Ohio, which is, it sucks because this guy in the Giants, man, oh my God, I just loved watching him every week. Mm -hmm. And now just to see what he's been reduced to. And I don't know if it's a reduce in talent for him or just the talent around him. Maybe it's a combination of both. But if he blows up Sunday, honestly, I would look at maybe trying to move him because Sunday may be his best game of the year. And then if he doesn't do well, then, you know, just you're stuck. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're, you're stuck in Beckham purgatory or something. Oh man. You know what? If, if Odell Beckham has a great day, I, I, I would be doing everything I can to possibly trade him either. Um, who do you trade first? If you could Odell Beckham or Todd Gurley? Oh my God. I, oh, that's a good question. I, I think I would, I would be able to trade Beckham better. Well, yeah. I would I would want to trade Gurley, yeah. but I would probably have an easier time trading Beckham. You get more because, value for Beckham for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. All right. So let's kick things on because obviously there's a a bunch of a ton of games to get to. So next we'll kick things off with Bill Belichick and uh the New England Patriots, which they'll be playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, who just obviously put on a light show against the uh Baltimore Ravens. That game was honestly, if you watch the box score, it looks kind of close, but in reality, if you watched it, it was not. The Chiefs would just look stupendous and a complete marvelous of a team. So in this game, what do you guys look for? Because everybody knows Kansas City offense, machines. They play they, they, New England, Bill Belichick, monster at a defense. Tyreek Hill versus Gilly. I'm talking about Stephon Gilmore himself 
Henry, talk to me about this game. Well, I could, I'm going to start off with Bill Belichick and say, man, his, uh, I don't know if it's post game or just weekly updates, but when he was talking about Patrick Mahomes, they were asking him questions. And he's like, there's nothing I can say that hasn't already been said. And just the way he says stuff is, is so humorous, man. But he's going to game plan this. And, and I don't think we're going to see quite the show we saw from the Kansas City Chiefs as we did with Baltimore. But there's potential there. Um, looking at Cam Newton, I will say that it's going to be a hard day for Cam Newton owners. They shut down Lamar Jackson. Newton is not going to be able to rely on his run game, which he has for most of the season. But it may set up an opportunity for Julian Edelman owners to have a great day because this is going to be a lot like their week two matchup against Seattle, where the script was they're going to have to throw the ball and they're going to have to stay in the game. And so, the, the, but the Chiefs' defense has been great this season. You talked about the offense right now, RDA, but that Chiefs' defense has not been something to play with. And um, the, 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 they've allowed uh, the receivers double digits two of the three games that they've played this year. Mm-hmm. But those receivers had to have double-digit targets to receive those opportunities. So they're going to have to come out throwing the ball. Cam Newton's going to have to do that for both him and Julian Edelman to have a good day. I kind of like Nikhil Harry here. I've been saying that, I think, two weeks in a row. But... You know, he had eight catches, 72 yards, and 12 targets this past week. Um, And, excuse me, that was actually against Seattle. And this game is going to be a lot like that game in Seattle. So he may be a guy that can sneak in there and and get you some catches. And Nikhil Harry seems to be the guy that Cam Newton is starting to kind of favor a little bit and start throwing the ball to. So he may be a good pickup there. Sammy Watkins, when you're looking over at the Kansas City side, I, I don't I don't care for Sammy Watkins. I every it seems like some people are on him and they aren't. But a really interesting stat I found on him for any of you Sammy Watkins owners out there is he does not have very good history against the Patriots. He's played them seven times over his career. He's only had one touchdown and one game over sixty yards. Dang. And three of those games came while he was playing with Kansas City against them over the last two seasons. So it's not just the Bills situation that he had up there. Who does he have a good history with though? Like for real, other than that team he blew up week one last year. Yeah, I think it's week one. Is any team he plays week one? That's it. He has a great he has great history with. The last yeah. one, man, Lance. I'm going to bring up is Hardman. Obviously, we've talked about him a little bit. We came out swinging a week one. We thought Hardman was going to be the guy, and then it's like we didn't even know what happened until we saw him on the sideline. I think a few times, and there was a few kicks that maybe made it his way, but. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they're going to have a lot of attention. You talked about Gilman all over, over, Kel, over Hill. Hardman may be the guy, too, that comes out and gets open. And we've seen now Patrick Mahomes opening the playbook a little bit more now that we're rolling past that preseason first three games. I think now we're going to start seeing teams do what they should be doing. And so I think Hardman is a guy to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I mean, definitely keep an eye out for him. But I think at this point, he's just a bye week uh, replacement for me because he he literally is boomer bust and he's more bust than boom so far in his career and it's not his fault I mean there's a lot of targets there you also got Demarcus Robinson also fighting for targets that has a rapport with with Mahomes as well so yeah I, I don't mind Hardman I think in redraft I'm not, I'm not as high on him I like him as a good stash in dynasty but if you're in a pinch and you need a guy and you're again you're going against the titan of your league that's undefeated and you need a a guy plug him in and guy like Monday Wish night. For the best. Oh man, you know I know Mahomes and Hardman won a lot of people's matchups for who played them. All right, uh, speaking of McCall Hardman being like one of those guys that just you take a big risk on, Will Fuller decided to come back alive after we had killed him a little bit for uh, kind of disappearing in that week two that he had. So between these two guys, obviously more than likely you would lean towards Will Fuller, but 
let's say you're in the dynasty league like Lance, uh, which one of those two guys would you prefer to have for the long run? I'm taking Fuller. Yeah, F- Fuller. I mean, yeah. just just because Potential. you look at that. Yeah, Hopkins is gone. Fuller is Watson's number one guy. Yeah, there's injury concern, but um, with that offense, you know, with as long as Watson's there, which we know he is because he signed the the new contract, mm-hmm. I, it's not even a question. Yeah, it's Fuller. All right, all right, cool beans. All right, uh, so let's kick things going because obviously there is a ton of football to get to still. Let's go with Bills Mafia, who just happened to win on a game that Josh Allen would be getting killed during the draft process and has obviously flourished into a great, excellent fantasy football quarterback and in real life. So for these reasons, what do you guys think that the Bills and the Raiders game are going to be able to hold for you? Because Josh Jacobs dealt with a little bit of injury before last week, still played. Obviously, this week, having to face Bills Mafia with that pretty stingy of a defense. And uh, Derek Carr, obviously, hopefully they make some magic happen. But overall, what do you guys see uh, going on between these games? Because both offenses have shown potential, but their defenses have also been able to hold hold their ground. Let's rewind for just a minute and go back to that game Sunday. If the Bills lose this game that they should have, actually, because there was a BS penalty yep. on that last drive that kept it alive, they mm-hmm. should not have won that game. But they did, and Allen is playing out of his mind. And in any other year where you have Wilson and Rodgers and Mahomes, you know, all these guys doing what they're doing, Josh Allen is just a blip on the radar at this moment as far as quarterback play. But he is he's a top-five guy right now. But – um, they shouldn't have won that game. I just have to throw that out there because I, I, no one's talking about that. It doesn't seem like. But looking at the game Sunday, you know, Buffalo, um, they are in the top 10 against tight end points allowed, or I mean, four tight end points allowed. So I think Waller definitely bounces back. You also look at the Raiders. Ruggs and Edwards are both more than likely, Edwards is not playing. Ruggs is slowly looking like he's not going to play either. So Darren Waller is probably going to eat up all those targets, especially Hunter with that Renfro. Bills. Well, I didn't. Yeah, that was my other guy. Oh, you're getting there. Okay, I want to make sure, because uh-huh. I think Renfro is going to blow up. So, yeah, I was going to say Waller, number one. Renfro is a guy that you plug in. He had a good game last week, and he does also seem to have a good chemistry with, with Carr. Um, but more importantly, though, Henry, you know, Josh Jacobs is your guy. It does seem like he's been getting less usage uh, week after week so far after his week one blow up. Um, are there any concerns there on your end? Because he's, he's your boy and you have him. So what do you think? There are some concerns, but I just think it's just the playbook. It's the, it's where it ends up at the end of the game. And I think that he's he's still getting I think he's at like 68 percent of the snaps each game. So he's getting the touches. I they have they've they've stopped throwing him the ball as much, but they're he's he's getting enough targets that if he can catch a few of those and get open and go, I think he'll be fine. I have no concern with Josh Jacobs though. I think that it's just the game script doesn't fall his way that week. I think we're going to see an increase in his ability and his opportunities moving on to the season. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Here's another one I'll throw at you. Looking at the Bills side of the ball, John Brown may have a pretty serious injury. Uh, he may be out a little bit of some time. We're still waiting to get confirmation. But um, Gabriel Davis or Cole Beasley, who, who who do we like if John Brown doesn't play? I personally am, am a Beasley guy. What do you? Think I got I got Beasley, man. I can't go. I can't go the other way. I think Beasley. He's he's quietly amassed 15 catches, 228 yards in three games. That guy's gonna be a PPR machine this week. 
especially if John Brown's out. Mm-hmm. I, I got to side with you on this one, Lance. I know you were trying to get a board bet there, but I got I to get my wins back, <laughs> yeah. man. I can't keep taking L's. Uh, yeah, speaking I don't blame you. Yeah, he, he went for 100 last week. So that was impressive. So speaking yeah. of Cole Beasley, is that someone that you guys are, are good with placing as one of your starters this week? I think it depends on your team. I think he's a sleeper, but I think it's going to have to be an injury that puts him in there or – you are just desperate for maybe a win like Lance was talking about earlier and you want to take a uh, kind of a deep opportunity because the Bills are going to be throwing the ball a lot this season and you can ride maybe some of this John Brown injury into an opportunity. All right. So now what about the, that running back situation for the Buffalo Bills? Because Devin Singletary, obviously, with no Zach Moss, got a few more carries. Uh, but it, honestly, even though he had a pretty good fantasy football day, I mean, is that someone that strikes you as someone that can potentially take over as a number one running back? Or is he a guy that's going to live around your flex area? I really like Singletary when he's the only running back in there because the Bills don't seem to trust him in certain goal line situations. But, you know, he had a great game Sunday, which I thought he would with Moss out. We'll have to wait and see if Moss comes back Sunday. If Moss comes back, I downgrade Singletary back to a, a flex or a, a bye week play um, because they still seem – I think they still want to get Moss more involved at the goal line. So I'd say take what you could get right now with Singletary um, with Moss being out. But when they're both in, they're eating into each other's play and it's um, doing damage to both of their values. Some I do want to point out, though, Lance, is that the Raiders have allowed the most fantasy uh, points to opposing running backs this season. So okay. I think there's some opportunity there for even if Zach Moss plays at Devin Singletary will for sure be a flex. But I think he falls maybe into an RB2 category. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a few teams that I've got I've got a lot more shares of Moss because I was hyping him up uh, prior to the season. Mm-hmm. So there are some spots where it would actually be nice uh, to play him in a second flex that I've got, and especially knowing that matchup, um, it should be interesting for sure. I think the Bills though probably win this one pretty handily, but Derek Carr and Renfro could get you some garbage points. Nice on, on the Hunter Renfro buying chance. Do you guys worry anything at all that? that Tredavious White shadows him and takes him out of the game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible. I, I think, you know, just because of the options are so limited, Renfro's going to get the targets. So if he still gets 12 targets, I mean, he catches six balls for yeah. 60 yards. Maybe he does sneak in a touchdown there. You know, I, it's worth the value just because of the possible volume with those other receivers being out. And Lance, talking about volume, just another stat for you guys, because I know stats are important, especially for fantasy owners. Oh, but yeah. When Russell Renfro, going back mm-hmm. over his past six games, okay, so we're going back into last year, if he's targeted more than six times, he's a top 30 fantasy wide receiver. So oh, in four of those wow. six games. So he's got some – He's got some. if he gets the targets, he's going to be the guy and he's going to get you some points. Oh, man, based well, on I, that – I do – Go ahead. I, I do vaguely remember that last year because I had Darren Waller on one of my teams and Waller all of a sudden went – he was a ghost and got nothing. And look, I looked up and it was that damn Hunter Renfro taking all the targets. <clears throat> Ridiculous, man. Fantasy football is, is obviously something that's insanely hard to control, even worse to, uh, worse to predict. But with so many games going through, guys, I said we go through with some late round flyers, some absolutely gunning through the rest of these games, help out the rest of these people, because I know they want to get to whatever game they have, whatever players they have for certain teams. So, boys, let's talk the rest of these 10 games going out. All right, so I'm going to kick this off, Lance, and I want to talk about the Broncos at the Jets. Obviously, this game is going to be a complete mess. Uh, I, 
I don't even know who's starting. What's his name? Ripken is it's his son or is it a grandson Ripken. that's starting? Okay, yeah. Ripken, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a joke. But now, but for the Broncos, <laughs> man, I think that they're gonna their two best offensive weapons this week are gonna be Noah Fant and Melvin Gordon. I think they're worthy of a start. And then Frank Gore, um, he could have some value this week. I'm not saying start him, but with the, the Broncos de- defense traveling across the country on this short week for them, Gore has had plenty of touches since Bell went out. Uh, with his hamstring injury, I think he's had 36 carries so far, but he's only amassed 120 yards and he's had no touchdowns. But this could be the week if you're in a deep, deep league and you really need a flex option. Gore may be somebody that you can trust, but I would not start him over anybody that's maybe worthy in your mind. I would just go there if you have no other options. Uh, moving on, man, to the Saints and at the Lions. There's a lot of, lot of different players here. You're going to start your normal guys that are the obvious starters, Galladay, um, and those guys and a Camara and so forth. But I know we talked about Drew Brees last week, Lance, and you were really low on him. But Drew Brees put up some pretty good numbers. And I think this is another week where he's going to continue to put up big numbers, even without Michael Thomas. He's been getting a lot of help, man, from all his playmakers across the board. I see Drew Brees having a good week this week against the Lions. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, they're, they're, they're tired of losing. They're going to have to get some W's on the board. So Brees is going to come out swinging. Sit Adrian Peterson. If you went and picked him up on waiver wire or if you traded for him, this is not going to be the week that you're going to want to start him, even though he had a solid game in week three against Arizona. The Lions are going to be – the Lions, excuse me, are going to be chasing points. Uh, they're going to be in a shootout, like I mentioned. It's not going to be good for Peterson, even though he is receiving 60% of the, the, the carries. But when they go to throw in the ball, DeAndre Swift is the guy. I see him having a pretty solid role this week. The Saints have allowed two rushing touchdowns in the past two games. So that's something to keep in mind. TJ Hawkinson, uh, he's a strong start this week. The Saints have been giving up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Start him. He's a tight end one this week. So next we've got Char- uh, yeah, we got Chargers, Buccaneers. Um, I think right now I'm kind of down on Herbert this week. They're going against a tough defense with Tampa. Um, Eckler, you know, people were concerned about him. He had 23 touches to Joshua Kelly's 10 last week. Eckler caught a lot of balls. I think definitely the offense is upgraded with Herbert there over Taylor, even though that's still terrible what happened to him, which he's still having to deal with. Um, but I do – I love Eckler, man. He's my RB1 this year. He's going to finish that way. No worries. Um, we'll see if Kelly keeps up the pace because obviously he had a down game, but uh, maybe he, you know, bounces back. As far as the Buccaneers go, um, I don't really know what running back to trust. You know, Ronald Jones, Fournette. I, I, I kind of still staying away from that for now. Gronkowski, he had a he had some catches last week, so maybe he's showing a little bit of life in redraft. Maybe he's someone that you want to look at maybe picking up. Tom Brady had a great game last week, so I think um, he's maybe a top-end quarterback too. I don't know if I would play him if it was a one-quarterback league, uh, if Superflex or something, I might plug him in there. Um, looking at the next game, we got Jaguars, Bengals, Oh, also, I'm sorry, on the Buccaneers, Godwin's out. So look at maybe Justin Watson. Godwin may be out a couple of weeks because he's out Sunday for sure. And then next week they play the Thursday night game. So don't expect him for at least a couple of weeks. So make sure and uh, get your preparations in to to take care of that. Jaguars, Bengals, uh, James Robinson is killing it. As we talked about, play him, RB1. I'm most excited that DJ Shark was back at practice today. So I really think – if he's back, my boy can get back in and pump some energy into that offense, help Minshew's value out, and I think he's, he'll have a great game. 
I'm wishful thinking, but hopefully I think he will because the Bengals, you know, there's not nothing to, to worry about. Um, looking on the Bengals side of the ball, Joe Mixon, you know, what do you do with Joe Mixon? I have him in a few teams and I can't really trade him because I can't get the value that I want for him. And I'm just better off keeping him and, and riding it out. You know, last year he had a slow start and then he slowly picked it up. But as it, what is concerning is, is when they're throwing the ball to the running backs, they're throwing it to Bernard and Mixon is not getting those catches. So that has me a little worried. Um, but if you have Mixon, you got to play him. I got one team, Barkley's out, and Mixon's my number one. So it's got to roll with him. So if you have him, be patient. It'll be okay. Him and Burrow continue to, to get that chemistry going. T. Higgins, though, pick him up if you can, man. Pick him up because looking at the targets last week, uh, Henry's boy, A.J. Green, had six. Higgins got nine, and Boyd had 13 targets. So Higgins already got more targets than Green last week. I think they're going to have a good chemistry with him and Burrow. But Tyler Boyd, man, he's, he's the receiver that I think you really want. And I think if you actually try to trade for him, his name value still isn't up there yet. You could probably get somebody um, – you could probably get him for a decent price. Uh, next up, we got Seahawks, Dolphins, Henry. And Lance, before I start on with the Seahawks and Dolphins, I want to know, you think anybody would take an A.J. Green for Tyler uh, Boyd? Is that something? Is his name still a swap? big enough? <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. If, if their name <laughs> is Big Bird. <laughs> there you go, maybe. Yeah, Ravia. All right, so Seahawks <laughs> and Dolphins, man. I am so excited about seeing Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, what they do this week. I think Williams, he's going to be considered a sleeper this week. Uh, but that Seahawks defense, it, it's not been the greatest against opposing receivers. Um, Seattle has allowed the most receptions with 76 yards and 1,136, excuse me, 76 receptions and 1,136 yards and is tied for second and most touchdowns allowed to an opposing receiver with five. So what that means is that's a good recipe for Preston Williams to have a great day or Devontae Parker, one of those guys. My money is actually on Preston Williams, though. I think this is going to be the week that he's going to step up and, and own that number one spot. So, uh, and obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I say start him this week. If you need a, a streamer, especially in deep leagues, grab him, start him. I know Lance is, and so I'm going to tell you right now, go ahead and do it. When you flip on the other side of the ball, you look at Chris Carson. Man, that's a tough one. I got Chris Carson in a couple of teams this year, but I was smart, and I got Carlos Hyde as my backup. So, I'm not starting him because I have some other running backs. But if I had to, I think Hyde is in line for a big day. Uh, one thing to be concerned about, though, is Travis Homer. What's his playing time going to look like? You never know with Pete Carroll how he's going to play his running backs. But I do think that Hyde is going to be the leader in touches. We've seen what he did last year with Houston. The guy can run the ball. Any team he's played for, he's been a solid running back, definitely an RB2. But I am concerned about playing time and, and, and that share of the ball. So I'm not starting him this week because of that. But if you're in a need of a running back, he may be a guy to do it. Miami has allowed a, has allowed a running back to score in its last two of three games. So you're going to get a touchdown out of one of those guys. Another guy, DK Metcalf, I know he had that bonehead fumble, kind of reminded me of Deshaun Jackson four years ago uh, when he dropped that punt. Uh, before running into the, the the touchdown. But the Dolphins have allowed 21 fantasy points to receivers who have lined up um, on the outside of the numbers. So I think DK Metcalf is in for a, a significant day. Borderline number one wide receiver. I think he's going to go out there and put up some damage. Uh, moving on, man, to the Steelers at the Titans. So this one, obviously, we didn't even touch on this. COVID, what's going on there? Uh, we just need to continue to monitor that situation. Stay in tune with it. Also, stay in tune with your league and understand what's going to happen with your points 
when they're going to play the game. Apparently now it's going to be pushed back to Tuesday or Wednesday. So uh, really keep an eye on that. Hey, it sounds good for us, though, because that means we're going to get football Monday, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday on end. So it's going to be a good week for fans. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger should tear this defense apart. He has been explosive. He's gone out there and done exactly what we told you guys he was going to do. We hope you listened and you drafted him uh, late in your draft and you picked up a bunch of guys before him and your team should be set right now. Ryan Tannehill, he's finally coming back to earth like I knew he would. Lance loves this guy. I don't. He struggled last week. It's only going to get worse for him. He's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Find other options. Do not roll with Tannehill. You probably went and picked him up a couple of weeks ago. Good luck. Uh, Corey, Corey Davis, that's another one I would avoid. Even if he starts this, even if A.J. Brown is out and he's a starting receiver, he has not played against a defense like this. I think that between COVID, lack of practice, playing the Steelers, he's not worth the risk unless you have no other options or you went out there and you picked him up on the waiver wire and you're going to try to prove something to somebody. But I would say avoid Corey Davis. All right, next up we've got Cardinals-Panthers. As I stated, I think Kenyon Drake is going to have his coming out party this year. Um, it's going against a terrible Panthers run defense. So get him in your lineups for sure. Try to trade for him. Try to get him whatever you can do. Hopkins, what can I say? Murray, what can we say? It's going to be a field day for this Cardinals offense. Andy Isabella had a blow-up game last week. He's something to monitor. You know, they took him in the second round last year. They didn't use him at all, which seemed kind of crazy to me. But this year, maybe they start to get him a little more involved, although I think it'll take Fitzgerald to actually retire before he gets some true uh, targets. But in Dynasty, look out for Isabella maybe. On the Panther side of the ball, Mike Davis, Mike Davis, Mike Davis. He murdered it last week. Like, Henry couldn't have been more wrong on any player – if he tried last week, I, I mean, wrong. come on. No, I'm, I'm ashamed. But <laughs> it was crazy, though. Like, he just stepped in and filled that McCaffrey role. Um, not that he is McCaffrey. We know he's not. But um, he looked great. So get him in, play him, get, get by. Hopefully you have McCaffrey. You have Davis to put in there. As far as the receivers go, uh, we talked about Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Um, I think you play them. Uh, Curtis Samuel, I'm still out on. Uh, let's move on to Ravens, uh, Washington football team. Ravens, uh, I think it's it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens show. I think it's going to be like, you know, everyone gets points. Lamar, you get points. Dobbins, you get points. Marquise Brown, you get points. Um, Mark Ingram, no, you don't get any points because you suck. But anyone else, you can get all the points that you want. I do think the Ravens, they are steaming mad, and Washington is going to be on the brunt end. Um they just lost uh, the guy. Washington just lost the defensive guy. Uh, what was his name? It was Chase. Chase Young. Yeah, they just lost Chase Young. So their defense, it started off decent, at least with that front line. Now they're injured. Ravens take advantage. So play all your Ravens on Washington. McLaurin really is the only one I trust. Actually, I take that back. Gibson is starting to come into the play. He scored a touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. He's getting some touchdowns. You know, look at playing him as your backhand RB2 or a flex if you're, uh, you know, in need, need there. I don't really like anybody else in that offense. Um, this game is going to be a blowout. So any points you get from Washington will probably be, um, you know, in garbage time. Henry, you were shaking your head. What was going on there? No, I think that uh, Terry McLaurin is going to have a terrible game. He's going to be a bust this week, and I'll go ahead and put that out there. Mm. That Ravens defense is going to shut him down. Just like you said, I mean, they're going to come out – 
pissed off. They're, they're, I don't even think – have the Ravens – I think going into the Chiefs game, they hadn't even given up a touchdown to opposing receiver all season. I think they're going to pick up right where they left off before the Chiefs. And those matchups weren't some, some scrubs. I mean, they went against Beckham and Fuller those first two weeks. So, um, and they did not give up a touchdown. So here's the question then. Do you – you can't sit McLaurin, though. I mean, even though in cases like that that you know he's not going to be have a great game, are you sitting him, though? Because I can't afford to in the teams that I have him on. I think that's what it comes down to. Can you afford to or can you not? I mean, obviously, if you can't, then you got to start him. And, I mean, that's why he's the wide receiver one because he's supposed to come up in games like these. So I would say if you can afford, though, I would try to sit him and put somebody in there that you know maybe an opportunity to – to put up some points. I just don't see Terry McLaurin doing what he did the last couple of weeks. Top 20 this week or what? No, he's going to fall outside the top 20, I think, this okay. week. I, yeah, I, he may be right at the top 20. I'm try- I take that back. He may be between 20 and 25. Okay, all right. Right around there. Well, so, all right, so well, let's get to the next game going out there because, I mean, like I said, that Rams-Giants, personally, as a Cowboys fan, I love to see the Giants fail, but they kind of screwed me because I started Deion Lewis thinking he would do something. Oh, my God. Then, That's your first boom, problem. Man. What a yeah. piece you do that for? Yeah, I didn't tell you to start Lewis. You, you did it. You did it. I'm just. I, 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 that's what I get. Just blame Stupid. me. That's what y'all did all weekend. So yeah, blame I, me for that. Oh, 100%. percent. I'm, I'm blaming Henry for everything. So what can exactly. we expect about this? Personally, you know, I think Aaron Donald just is about to feast on poor Danny Dimes and turn him into Danny Dust. Yeah, I think he <laughs> is him and Devontae Freeman. So he's. They're both going to have some struggles. But one thing I will tell you is that. You still can't trust Freeman this week, obviously, but I do think that he's going to get some opportunities. Their schedule gets a little bit easier towards the back end or really the mid uh, part of the season. And now that the teams are kind of coming together, again, the first three games were preseason games in a sense. Like, obviously, there are real games. They went out there playing. But at the same time, I don't think that they opened up the playbook completely. They were getting people back into rhythm. They were getting back out there. I think we're going to start seeing some offenses do some different things as we move into the next two or three weeks. But uh, Darius Slayton has a really weak start this week against the Rams. He's going to have Jalen Ramsey all over him in his back pocket. So I would say do not uh, – well, I mean – if you're again, if your option is and you're stuck with Slayton, but he's going to get shut down this week 100%. Jared Goff, um, the Giants allowed Nick Mullins to drop 300 yards on them, so I think Goff may have an opportunity to put up some pretty good numbers. Nick uh, Mullins is good, don't you? Don't you downplay Nick Mullins, okay? Don't, don't. you went to the well, same college as Brett Favre, yeah, yeah that makes Favre. him good. That makes him good. That's good. <laughs> so I'd go with him then. I would definitely go pick up Nick Mullins if I were you. Start him all season. He you know, I might just do that, okay? Comes back. I want you to start Nick Mullins <laughs> against me if, uh, the next time we play at the end of the season, Lance. Oh, um, really? Okay. Why, why don't we have a bet that Nick Mullins is going to be a top 12 quarterback this week? 12? This week? Ah, I can't. Yeah. Man. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'll go there. I go there. I mean, you're not playing them so much. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm playing the Eagles, man. I'm not doing that. Everybody's hurt on the Eagles. No, I'm not. Uh, the Eagles, dang it. The 49ers are going to have the ball the entire game. Like, that's probably going to be like a 90% share of the of the offense, man. I'll take so, that board bet, though. I don't think he'll be a top okay. 10 quarterback this week. RDA's okay. So, Rudy, here's the thing. When you're Henry, when you're, so far, when you're down so many board bets to your co-host here, you're now very skeptical about taking any of these deals because you really have to think about it and really make sure that you get your odds up because it's going to be a long time before you can catch up. To yeah, you, right? right now Henry's batting at 3,300, so he's not doing very well, whereas 
Lance is batting almost at about 70. So, so I far, thought so 300 was the Mendoza line. Isn't that pretty good? I'm, I'm, I'm in baseball, but in fantasy football. <laughs> okay. Fans okay. Well, shoot. I'm just saying, <laughs> you said I was batting. So, <laughs> I'm just, all right. So, okay, get back to the games, man. So, Giants and Rams, I think that the receivers for the Rams are going to have a field day as well. Uh, yeah, I think you could plug either one of those, Cup or, or uh, who's the other one Woods. over there? I went blank. Woods. Woods. They're going to both put up some pretty good numbers. I think Cup's going to be the guy this week, though, that, that uh, drops oh. some top ones. What? Uh, well, anyway, we'll move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Eagles 49ers. We'll get into that game. Uh, Greg Ward, man, I mean, he came out of nowhere. I was talking to a buddy of mine on Sunday, and I was like, do I start D. Jackson? Me and him were talking about this, or do I kind of flip it and go ahead and, and risk it with Will Fuller? Luckily, I did. I went with Will Fuller, and uh, it didn't help me. I still lost by like 40 points. But <laughs> Greg Ward is going to be the guy this week. If uh, D. Jax is out, hamstring, Alshon Jeffrey's not coming back with his foot. That one I'm not sure of, though. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, if he's going to be back or not, I haven't heard, but I know he's supposed to be back, but he may not. Uh, Ward stepped up big against the Bengals. Eight catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He had 11 targets. That's ridiculous. But uh, but keep in mind that it is a tough matchup. 49ers on the road. But Greg Ward may be the guy. If you need to take a risk, go after him. Dallas Godert, uh, small ankle fracture. So that guy is probably not playing this week. And then Brandon Ayuk, I guess is how you say his name. I apologize. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, there you go. So coming off five catches, 70 yards, eight targets. He should be added in all leagues, all formats. But uh, he has a chance to step up. Debo Samuel may be coming back. Uh, but he may be hit or miss this week. But if he goes down again, tweaks it again, Brandon's going to be the guy I would roll with him. Is Kittle coming back this week? Oh, you know what? Kittle is supposed to be coming back this week, and it's a home game, and it's on the grass. I think he is. I think he's yeah, back this week. Let to follow up and look at that. Too. Yeah, that can't eat into that. Good point. And I would say, too, on the Eagles, they just um, they signed Hakeem Butler uh, from, I think, the Panthers practice squad. He was drafted by the Cardinals last year, mm-hmm. wide receiver. But they're actually converting him to tight end. So if you're in, like, a deep dynasty league or just a deep redraft league and you're needing some tight end help, you look at that offense, they like to run those two tight ends. So if he can fit in and maybe – just someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. I think the Eagles called everybody though this week. They even called me and asked. I told them I had to do this podcast. <laughs> I, I hung up. I was like, Cowboys for life. Click. Deuce Staley was also <laughs> tied up. Ooh, Deuce. Oh. Yeah, that's been a while since I've heard that name. So uh, real quick, let's get to the last one because obviously, let's get down to what uh, Bear Down over there. Man, I'm talking about the Chicago Bears, brand new quarterback. Everybody gets an upgrade because Nick Foles is from Texas, and as Texas know, Texas is bigger than everything in the world. So what can we expect from Nick Foles and company going at it with a Phillip Rivers Colts team that absolutely destroyed and made an embarrassment out of the New York Jets? Well, I think definitely you can expect an upgrade at every offensive position with Nick Foles there. Allen Robinson, you played him every week and you were confident in him every week just because of the talent. But I think now that you know Foles is the guy we've been waiting for this, he is now like he should be a top six wide receiver for the rest of the year. Um, Tariq Cohen is out for the year. Uh, so I think Nick Foles combined with Cohen being hurt and there's no other running backs. David Montgomery ideally should see a bump up. He didn't look great last weekend. So I'm still kind of holding out hope that he could salvage this se- the season so early. Um, Henry, what do you think about the uh, Colts side of the ball? Well, I can tell you I'm disappointed in T.Y. Hilton. Um, I'm disappointed in Phillip Rivers. I really don't think I would start anybody on the on the Colts side of the ball unless you have to again. I really, honestly, I I, I mean, is there anybody worth starting? Johnny Taylor, maybe. 
pa Pascal. Yeah. Pass. Is he hurt? I thought he was hurt. No, no, that was um, um, Pittman. I apologize, Pittman. And Paris right. Campbell are out. And Paris but, Campbell, yeah, they uh, all got peas, man. I got confused there. Yeah, <laughs> but so. I think, I, yeah, I think Pascal. He he knows that offense, and um, he's number two there. If Hilton's not going to catch the ball, who, who is? Mo Ali Cox might. But you know what hurts that situation is that Hilton's their number one. But he doesn't put up the numbers, and you don't know if it's worth starting somebody because he's out there, and is it going to take away from their 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 target share? I don't know where he would fall, and who I would maybe who I would start him over, though. You know, I mean, he's probably a wide receiver three in fantasy PPR. He's really probably not worth much because is he going to get a lot of targets? Probably not. Yeah, I think it depends on the game flow. If, if the Colts are now, I think Sunday it may not make a difference, but although yeah. Sunday could be a sneaky shootout game with Foles in there, so the game flow actually might work out good this coming weekend. But I think you want to look at that. If the Colts are predicted to to be ahead most of the game, it's going to be a JT game. But if they're behind, yeah. Philip Rivers has to throw. There's more targets to be had. So let's say you're in a situation where you have to stuck where you have to play either a. Uh, Davis from Carolina or David Montgomery? Which one of these two guys are you rolling with? Oh, Mike Davis. Davis hands Davis. down, yeah, Mike Davis. Davis. I wouldn't because, have last week, but this week. Yeah, I, it, it's probably closer than what I'm, I'm making it out to be, but recency bias tells me that you want to play Davis. He's he's a PPR, he's a, man. He's an RB1 in PPR, yeah. yeah. But no yeah. more Cohen. Maybe David Montgomery has a few catches. I hope point. so. My teams really could use the bump, especially on the one I had Saquon. So. No, and hey, no. I tell you, Nick Foles, man, he does play those running backs. Mm -hmm. He knows that, how to. So that's what that's I'm thinking. Good, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, regardless, you know, obviously, if you have that uh, conundrum, just go with Davis, like the boys recommend. Uh, so real quick though, let's get through our fantasy maids and fantasy fades. Who you should go with, boys? Talk to me here. Henry, I'll let you go ahead and take the floor first on this one, my friend. All right, so I'm going to jump out there. I'm going to go with the guy I talked about earlier, Jarvis Landry. I think he's going to be the fantasy mate. I think this week he's going to outperform Odell Beckham. I think he's going to have a huge week against the Cowboys. That defense we already talked about. Uh, Jarvis Landry, he gets his targets. He's going to get his points, and you're going to get your win. The fade, it really depends. Where I was thinking, I'm going to go two places here. If you're the guy that jumped out there and went and got Justin Jefferson and think he's going to put up those numbers every week, he's going to be my fantasy fade this week. I don't see him coming out. The Texans have been so tough on receivers that line up outside the line, outside the numbers. They've only averaged 66.3 yards, like I said, and they only seventh lowest fantasy points to that position. I don't see him doing anything. So I think he'll fade this week. And then I had one other guy that was going to fade, and uh, that guy was, I apologize, um, and where did he go? I have him written down right here. And I apologize, Lance. I'm going to kick it over to you until I find it. Yes, sir. So, fantasy fade. Fantasy fade this week. So, the guy I'm down on, Keenan Allen. And it breaks my heart a little bit because I traded for him in a couple of leagues. And he killed it last week, right? I mean, he murdered it. But this week, tough matchup. That Tampa secondary, it's for real. Herbert is going to go through some rookie growing pain Sunday. So I don't, I would say that Keenan Allen falls out of the top 20 wide receivers this week. And then my fantasy made, I did harp on it earlier. It may be common knowledge. I don't know. But Kenyon Drake, I think, finishes as a top five running back this week. I love this guy. He's going to break out, trade for him, get him whatever you can do. Um, before I kick it back over to you, I've just got to I got to say real quick, Henry. We played head to head this week in one of our leagues because we're in two leagues together. 
I just have to say, I beat you. 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 <laughs> you beat me. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Man, I really thought I had a chance. I had Patrick Mahomes going into the uh, the final day, our final game there. And Patrick, I needed 65 points for Patrick Mahomes. And then you also had uh, Clyde there on the running back. But it started off where Clyde, I thought he got hurt. And I hate to say this, I kind of got excited and it wasn't, that's not right. I shouldn't, but <laughs> I was like, okay, he's on the sideline in that last drive of the first half. And they did not have him in the game and he was standing with his helmet off. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, something's going on. But Patrick Mahomes was at 50 points in our league at halftime, just about. I was thinking, man, if he can double that, I can get Lance. And I thought I was going to make the greatest comeback. I didn't. Lance beat me. But I think I may have the edge over you overall during the regular season. It's the playoffs for some reason. I can't figure this guy out. Oh, who, who, what player on my team really stood out that buried you? Who was it? Tell me. Oh, man, I can't even remember. I don't, I think he's like honestly, all I don't, of them. Uh, he's Alvin the RB1. Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Alvin the Kamara. RB number one. Okay. Yeah, who I said was not going to be number one going into the season. But Lance, you were, you were so, so down on him. How come, didn't, how come you didn't draft him? You drafted Saquon Bolden. Or Bolden. <laughs> Barkley. <laughs> Well, Camara had him ranked uh, number three. Yeah. Well, it's my fault because the power hour, I think they, they got him, and I think we're about to be buried in that league. Yeah, I yeah hope we're so. going to be buying, be buying jerseys. Yeah, everybody's hurt. Oh, that, God, that team is a dumpster fire. I take full right. responsibility for that one. We need one board bet, Lance. We did not do one. So what I'm going to tell you is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you help me with this one, but you're so high – on on your running back there give me a board bet against him that we can do you want to well, you said I, want, he's I want one against henry i i think odell has you a just want to andrew oh okay let's do it that's Ooh. a board bet already okay i got jarvis and then what's one Kenyon drake I, I say he's not going to finish top five i mean is that really oh. well you wanted to do one with camara though right no not camara because camara's gonna he's gonna kill it no we gotta oh, do is? one that's a little oh, yeah he's good right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta, come on what give me one against uh, against drake give me give okay me one against drake I want Drake. Give me a running back that you think will do better than him, and we'll put him head to head. David Johnson. Is that a good one? Wow. That's fine. That's, yeah, that's okay. fine. Okay. I think DJ's actually going to have a good game, too. So. Already, yeah, I did too, man. So, uh, real quick, uh, for my personal fantasy made and fantasy fades, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the complete opposite route of anyone over here, and I don't think it will ever happen in the history of the late round flyers, but I'm going to go both defenses. I think my fantasy fade is a defense that had a stupendous game last week in the 49ers. They're going to play against Carson Wentz, whom I personally, as a human being, dislike. But I think for fantasy football purposes, I think the Eagles are about to start lighting the world. Carson Wentz, like we talk about with Aaron Rodgers, I think that fire is about to hit this man. He's been talked about way too much. He's about to go off, even with those nobody receivers that they have. Miles Sanders is a very good running back. And I think this week he has three touchdowns. So that'll be a guy that has a very nice day for you. Even if he does, I think he has, like, piles up the yards. Whereas my fantasy made, same division, but I think the Giants' defense is going to go straight downhill and the Rams are going to ram them. I'm talking about after losing that ridiculous game in a fourth down call that just – it horrified those guys. Aaron Donald, like I said, these guys are going to turn Danny Dimes into Danny Dust. That guy might literally be dead after this game. I, I feel so bad for them. Jalen Ramsey may get himself a pick six because – those receivers are going to be just covered everywhere on these guys. So, for me, the Rams will be the defense. You start them, they'll give you super points. The 49ers, even though they came off a great game, watch them go downhill, and Carson Wentz will be right back on the rise personally, myself. Now, we're taking one more board bet. I got the board bet. I got 49ers. 
not doing anything you just said right now. All right, deal. I like that. I like the way we think because you got to make up Bam. for what you're about to lose here. I am. I'm trying to get some W's. <laughs> hey, RDA, you know how much I, I hate defenses in fantasy. You want to take a kicker too for your fantasy mate? Oh, I hate kickers so much. <laughs> I hate them so, so much. But sure. I'm, I'm making you, a – You pick a kicker, I'll pick a kicker. Well, I mean, if I'm taking a kicker, I'm – Gonna, I think I'll, like I'll take a kicker. I'm okay. going to take the Browns oh. kicker. Everybody Browns pick a kicker. kicker. Oh, one winner. We all get to pick one? Everybody yeah, take one. one. I don't even know I'll his name, but I'm taking the Browns. The Browns kicker? Yeah. Okay. Right. Who right. you want, RDA? Uh, me, I'm going to go with uh, – give me the – no. You know what? No, I don't know. It's too weird. Yeah, give me uh, McManus, who plays on Thursday night against uh, the Jets. All right, give me Mason Crosby Monday night, baby. Okay, all right, all right. So uh, there you have it, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, our gems. Make sure you go out there and listen to our advice. All right, you guys are gems of your football team, and you want to win. We are the Late Round Flyers. We have my boy Henry Lance, myself, RDA. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Late Round Flyers. We got the best of stuff for you guys, and we're back every single week with more fantasy football action. DM us. Yell at us for being wrong. Tell us congratulations for being right. All right. We got it all for you. We're always there because we care. That's just how we get down. Late round flyers to you guys. Have a great week. Make sure you tune in. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Everybody that you know. Come listen to us. Get the same advice and help them win some fantasy championships. Until then, we'll catch you guys on the next side. <laughs>